Welcome back to the Focus Podcast. I'm Krista, I'm your host, and I'm so glad that you have decided to join me for the show. The Focus is indeed the place for leaders and reformers who want to change the world, but understand that a transformed society is the direct result of transformed people. And so it is my desire to come alongside you on your journey of self-development, as well as offer practical resources to aid in that process. And so if you have said yes to continual and intentional growth, then I would encourage you to please stick around because I believe you are really going to gain a ton of insight from today's discussion. Friends, I am pumped to chat with you and I really don't want to waste any time with announcements or anything like that. So we're just going to dive straight in. Um, So here is the premise of our conversation for today. And I would highly encourage you to write this down if you are taking notes. You will highly increase your chances of succeeding in your journey of self-discipline if you choose to live in response to the future versus in reaction to your own physical effort. I'm going to say that again. You will highly increase your chances of succeeding in your journey of self-discipline if you choose to live in response to your future versus in reaction to your own physical effort. Let me explain. Hard work and intentionality are required in building a life of self-discipline. That's a no-brainer. And I actually believe that if I am not willing to put in the hard work, then I really don't have a right to complain if something doesn't happen for me. However, I am not motivated by my capacity to work hard, nor do I depend on my ability to muster up effort. I know this sounds a bit countercultural and maybe even counterproductive, but I want us to become people who respond to the pull of our future. And as a byproduct, the hard work and the sacrifice will come, I promise. Now, if we want wanted to, we could force our way into certain habits. But the reason the majority of people try to do that and are unsuccessful in it is because they are more focused on outward actions than internal character. And the benefit of responding to the future vision of ourselves is that it allows us to adjust who we are instead of what we do. I'm sure you've heard this said before, but we are human beings, not human doings. And that doesn't mean we don't put in the work because there's no place for laziness and self-discipline. But it does mean that we work out of who we are. Remember this, internal before external. I want you to repeat that with me. Internal before external. By the way, if you're saying to yourself right now, Krista, it's just not that easy, then my response to you would be, well, we are not really aiming for what's easy. We are aiming for longevity and sustainability. And then the question I would also ask you would be, have you become the type of person who looks for the easy way out? I know that kind of makes you uncomfortable, but if you have become the type of person that looks for the easy way out, then there's no shame in that. But I would be remiss if I didn't warn you and myself of the pitfalls of laziness. And actually, when we talk about who we are versus what we do, 
the only way to become a lazy person really is to over and over again embrace lazy behavior and lazy thought patterns. And so for some of us, if we are engaging in this discussion and we find ourselves saying to ourselves, it's just not that easy, I'd encourage us to ask ourselves, have I become lazy? And so if we want to reverse that, then the best thing to do would be to envision a version of yourself that is not lazy and ask yourself questions like, what would my days and weeks look like if I wasn't a lazy person? And then begin to simply work your way to mirroring what you see. It really is that simple. And don't worry, we all have areas of our life that need some adjustment. So again, there's no room here for shaming ourselves, only room for growth and improvement. You know, when I was about 50 pounds heavier, I envisioned myself lighter and healthier. I literally spent large portions of my day thinking about what it would be like to walk up a flight of stairs and not be out of breath. And then I'd ask myself, I wonder what type of lifestyle is required for me to obtain what I am seeing. And then I concluded that a consistent workout routine was probably necessary. I remember, you know, when I picked up a meal from Wendy's one evening, and this was after I had already begun my journey to intentional transformation. I took one bite out of that Wendy's chicken sandwich and much to my surprise, it was almost like it didn't taste that great. It was the weirdest thing because at that time, Wendy's was like my go-to spot. Still, for some reason, the taste wasn't even satisfying because the truth is that when we say yes to yielding to inward transformation and we then do something that goes against who we are becoming, then that action will not be as fulfilling as it was before. I was not pressuring myself to not eat Wendy's. <laughs> like I wasn't putting in a ton of effort to resist that urge. As a matter of fact, I thought that fast food was exactly what I wanted in that moment. Um, I even went out of my way to eat it. However, I had underestimated and was even to some degree unaware of the level of change that had begun to take place in my desires and in my cravings. And you have to remember prior to this, I had even begun to change a lot of what I was eating. And so now that I think about it, I think I was trying in some way to kind of relive the good old days. <laughs> only to realize that the good old days weren't really all that good. The way the sandwich tasted wasn't the thing that changed necessarily. Rather, I was the one who had begun to change. I tried to eat fast food out of habit, but that habit didn't have much to stand on because I had already given my agreement and my commitment to becoming someone else. I didn't realize it at the time, but I was approaching a point in my health journey where who I was becoming required more effort and sacrifice to actually resist transformation than to simply surrender and yield to it. I'm going to repeat that. Who I was becoming required more effort and sacrifice to actually resist transformation than to simply surrender and yield to it. Once we come to that point, it gets easier. I promise you, it really does. Can you imagine being so uncomfortable with the idea of not working out that it's actually easier to do it than not to do it? Or can you imagine being so uncomfortable 
struggle with the idea of not going after your dreams and passions, that it is actually easier to go after them than it is to remain complacent. Friends, this is the result of responding to the future. Speaking of responding to the future, I want to share an example of one of my all-time favorite people in history, Harriet Tubman, who is definitely one of my heroes and, in my opinion, one of the greatest abolitionists to ever live. She portrays this mindset so accurately. Check this out. She escapes slavery and then proceeds to go back time after time to rescue family and friends and ends up rescuing over 70 slaves. Obviously, she was guided by the hand of God and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. But even in all of that, there is no way someone can escape slavery and then go back to rescue others if they have never envisioned what it's like to be free. And so even though I didn't know Harriet personally, I hold to the conviction that she had to have seen on countless occasions visions of herself and others living and walking in a life of freedom. When we hear of heroic stories like this one, we often think to ourselves, wow, I could never do something like that or that person must have something special about them when the reality is that they are a person just like you and I. And this, of course, is not to downplay Harriet's accomplishments because what she did is absolutely mind boggling. But when you've caught a glimpse of the future time and time again, you just might do things like escape slavery and then go back to save 70 others. We even see this in the life of Jesus. I love it, absolutely love it when the Apostle Paul says this of Jesus in the book of Hebrews. He says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Wow, this verse never ceases to amaze me and it makes me ask the question, what caliber of joy did Jesus see ahead of him that would make something like a crucifixion on a cross for people he never even met seem like a doable option? Whatever he saw, it was enough to pull him towards enduring the cross. And catch this, Paul goes on to say, Jesus despised the shame of the cross. For those of you who don't know much at all about the biblical account of the crucifixion, Jesus ended up being stripped naked on a cross, which was their way of crucifying criminals in that day. And the things that the Roman soldiers did to him was full of humiliation, pain, and just utter anguish. Things like spitting in his face and ripping off his beard. And yet the apostle Paul still says he despised the shame of it all, which which means he regarded it as something that was, catch this, not really worth noticing. Wow. And somehow, some way, the posture of Jesus' heart said, yes, I'll do this because it's worth it in light of what I see ahead of me. So when we ask ourselves, is seeing what is ahead of us really that powerful? The answer is absolutely. This is why we witness, you know, a number of people who have every odd stacked against them that a person could have. And just by mere calculations, it seems as if they shouldn't be able to succeed in anything. Thing. However, calculations don't matter when we are being lured and drawn by the future. Believe it or not, at the end of the day, this really is what separates those who succeed in life from those who fail in life. 
of course, we all have things we are good at just naturally, but a gift doesn't really matter without vision. Therefore, I really love to encourage us to all stop comparing our gifts and even stop comparing our experiences in an effort to decide who should win and who should lose. We have to stop counting ourselves out and saying things like, I really want to do X, Y, and Z, but I don't have the same resources or connections like they have, or I don't have the it factor like that person does. I'm going to let you in on a secret, so, so come close. The only it factor anyone needs is the ability to focus and fix their attention on what is to come and who they are becoming. I have learned this and I'm continuing to learn this. For me, this current season that I am in has probably been the greatest learning curve I've ever encountered. And do you want to know what is the one excuse I have been tempted to make over and over again? The excuse is, I simply don't know enough. I have never felt more ignorant in my life than I do right now. And that is not me insulting myself or anything like that. It's just the truth. But the wild thing is that the more I fix my mind on visions of the future, even the things that I don't know are becoming irrelevant because I am responding to seeing my ignorance clearly and I'm responding to the pull to learn and expand my thinking. Because of this, you know, the first few hours of my mornings and my day are spent reading and then periodically throughout the day, I may watch some type of video or listen to a podcast to absorb pieces of information that I need to know if I want to be successful in what I am pursuing. So I want to switch gears just a bit so that I can help us to, so to speak, put some feet behind this concept and as best as I can walk us through the how-to and just overall bring some practicality to the conversation. So number one, and here's what I want you to do, tomorrow morning and for the next two months, I want you to envision yourself and how you and your life will look one year from now. For example, if you're single and you want to be married, you can envision things like meeting your future spouse and what your wedding day will look like. If you're in a job right now that you hate, I'd encourage you to envision yourself a year from now having a job you love that brings you fulfillment and a greater sense of purpose and meaning. And please be detailed in your vision visualization. Like you can ask yourself questions such as, what facial expressions do I see in the vision of myself um, a year from now? And are you working harder in your vision than you are now? Are you more skilled or more in shape mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically? Are there values that the future you is embracing that the current you has yet to embrace? Does the future you have a higher level of self-esteem or self-confidence than the current you has? I really want us to think about all of these questions and more if you come up with more and let your answer to them help guide you. So that's for the next two months. When you get to the third month, I, I want to encourage you to expand your vision a bit to the next three years. So remember, in the first and second month, you were envisioning where you'd be in one year. But in the third and fourth month, you'll be envisioning where you will be in the next three years. So take what you saw in year one and add two years to it, beginning to add in more events and milestones. And like I said earlier, be as detailed as possible, which will take some time. 
30 minutes is not too long for this exercise. Even an hour is not too long, especially for those of us who may have a tougher time awakening the imaginative side of our brains. Now, I want you to continue this pattern. So adding two more years to expand your vision after every two months. Now, here's the second piece of advice, and it is equally, if not more important than number one. I want us to practice something called exposure. And here's what I mean. And I would encourage you to also write this down. If envisioning equals seeing, then exposure equals experiencing. I'm going to say that again. If envisioning equals seeing, then exposure equals experiencing. It's one thing to envision where we are headed, but it is a completely different thing to put ourselves in environments and around certain people who resemble and remind us of where we are headed. It is almost as if the exposure confirms that what I am envisioning for my life is not just a figment of my imagination and it is actually obtainable. The majority of people I hang around, they all in some way point to places in my life where I desire to grow. And without them even trying to, they say to me every time I'm around them, Krista, whatever you're dreaming about is possible. And they encourage me simply by living different areas of their lives in an excellent way. As someone who grew up in a pretty violent city, I remember when I was first introduced to different neighborhoods and homes and people that looked nothing like what I was used to. I specifically remember this woman who was a good friend of my parents and she ended up inviting us all over for Bible study one night. I can recall walking in and looking down at her checkered marble floors. Her kitchen and living room areas were massive. And the best part of it all is that she had a full-size pool inside of her home, (laughs) right next to the living room. It's been so long ago, so I don't remember a ton of details about her home. However, I do remember how being there made me feel. As I glanced around her ginormous house, I said to myself, wait, you mean to tell me that something like this is possible? A seed of faith was planted during my time inside of her home, and some pretty special people have come along since then and watered that seed of possibility in me. You know, there's a story in the Bible where Jesus heals a man who is blind and lives in a town near the Sea of Galilee called Bethsaida. And during those days, if you were lame, blind, or some other form of handicap, the majority of your time was spent around people who were just like you. And so I think it is fascinating that for this particular man, before Jesus fully healed him, the Bible says that Jesus proceeded to lead him out of the city first. If I was a blind person, I'd probably be thinking to myself, wait, where the heck are we going? (laughs) Here comes Jesus, the Messiah, and he's practically pulling this guy away from his home and away from all of his other lame friends. Wait, that sounded really bad. Anyways, because he was blind, chances are he wasn't able to work, which means he didn't have much money and his way of life probably um, was just full of poverty. The more I take a closer look at all of these possibilities and these details, it now makes a little more sense to me why Jesus would lead him away from this type of environment before he heals and opens his eyes. Please allow me to suggest that perhaps 
perhaps the reason Jesus led him out of the city was because who the blind man was destined to become demanded that he be exposed to a different environment than the one he'd always known. And had he opened his eyes only to see other lame and blind people surrounding him, then he may have been tempted to believe that that is where he belonged. But just because we have been in a place for so long does not mean we are meant to stay there. Remember this, guys. We will eventually replicate whatever it is we are constantly exposed to. It is inevitable. I can just picture that man the moment his eyes were completely opened. Like what joy he must have felt as he realized that although blindness was all he'd ever known, it would no longer be the thing that defines him. Friends, I have so enjoyed our time together but sadly that's all I've got for us today if you heard something that motivated and provoked you then I'd encourage you to reach out to a friend family member or co-worker and share this episode with them because I would love to touch as many people as possible with this content also if you have any questions about anything we discuss then please email me at krista-whitehead at the focus podcast Again, that is Krista-Whitehead at thefocuspodcast.com or just use the chat icon that is located at the bottom right of your screen. Listen, you are the reason I do this. And so again, I want to thank you for doing this journey with me. I am excited for where you are in life right now and I am even more excited for where you are going. Until we meet again, remember that societal and cultural reformation begins first with you. I love you so, so much. Peace out.